Hello, this is Carly Guyman, co-host of the Latter-day Saint Women podcast. We're excited to share today's episode with our guest, Kristen Yee, a member of the Primary General Advisory Council. But first, we wanted to let you know that we'll be taking a short break from releasing weekly episodes of the podcast for the next little while. Can we ask a favor? We have some very exciting things in the works to continue sharing the voices and experiences of women in the church, and we would love to hear your ideas and feedback as we shape the future of this show. What do you love about the Latter-day Saint Women podcast? What or who would you like to hear more of or from? Is there anything you think we should do differently? As always, please share your ideas and feedback with us at podcast at churchofjesuschrist.org. Thank you. And now enjoy this wonderful conversation with the remarkable Kristen Yee. Hello and welcome to the Latter-day Saint Women podcast, where we share the legacy of women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You'll get to know the faithful women who shaped our past and hear from inspiring women of faith today. I'm your host, Carly Guyman, and today I'm missing my co-host, Shailen Back, who is on maternity leave after delivering a baby boy. Today, I am really excited to welcome Kristen Yee to the show, who is with us virtually in her home in Utah. So Kristen, welcome. Oh, thank you, Carly. It's a pleasure to be here. Really excited. (laughs) Thank you. And although Kristen and I really just recently met, we do have a few kind of funny connections. We were just talking about this. I was actually roommates with her younger sister my freshman year at Utah State many years ago. (laughs) And both of these women are just remarkable. And it's been fun to get to know Kristen a little bit and also see some family resemblances and similarities. (laughs) Hopefully (laughs) good women. Yes. And I don't want to give away too much in our introduction today, but Kristen is just an incredibly talented and very kind and generous person. She currently serves on the primary general advisory council and has also worked as the animation team manager for the church. Kristen grew up in Sacramento, California and rural Idaho, and art has been a part of her life, as she says, just for as long as she can remember. Prior to working for the church, she worked with Disney Interactive Studios for about 13 years. Kristen earned a bachelor's degree in illustration from Brigham Young University, as well as a master's of public administration, also from BYU. Impressive and interesting background, Kristen. I'm just really excited for our listeners to get to know you. Thank you, Carly. I wanted to start kind of as I mentioned earlier, you said that just at a very young age, you were drawn to art and it was evident that you had a talent for art. And you found yourself attending art school in San Francisco at the young age of 17. Tell us how you got there and how your experience in San Francisco really reinforced and matured your testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a really good question, Carly, because I go back to that so many times in my life as a turning point at that young age. And at the time, it wasn't a young age. I knew everything at that point. (laughs) But I was determined as a child and I think as a teenager. I graduated early from high school by my sophomore year and went to work at a local college. And then I went down to art school right when I turned 17. And I was going to work for Disney in my mind. I was going to be an animator and illustrator at some point. And that was my dream. And now I look back and I'm like, I can't believe my parents dropped me off in that city. (laughs) (laughs) at such a young age for my first time moving out that was the city of choice and I lived in this old Victorian mansion with about 50 other girls from around the world and just a very cultural experience and a lot of artistic and passionate people in that way and as I was on my own I think the first couple weeks I don't think I attended church it was an interesting time I didn't have someone to wake me up in the morning on Sundays and no one else was going to church on Sundays and and neither did I at that time and a couple weeks later things felt a bit dark or just a little bit 
off. And then you can imagine the things that might ha- be happening at that time with being in the city and lots of different lifestyles that things just felt dark and I needed light. And I remember, strangely enough, flipping through the yellow pages, you know, because at the time we didn't have right. a phone. We didn't have That was the resource. The, the resource or even the internet really working well at that time. And so I was flipping through the yellow pages and there were two listings for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I just happened to be a couple blocks from one of those churches. And so on Sunday, I got dressed and walked down to that church. When I walked inside, I heard that familiar hymnal, I Know That My Redeemer Lives, and it felt like home. I knew I wanted the gospel in my life, and I wanted the Savior in my life, and I knew what he meant to me. And I think that shifted my heart to being open to where he wanted me to go, wherever that was, whatever that dream he had for me was. And... I remember praying after that experience and wondering if I needed to stay here and pursue this career as an artist or if he had other plans for me. The answer came that I wasn't supposed to be here long term. This was just a corner to turn. And I was kind of heartbroken at that because this was where it had geared my mind and heart to. But at the same time, I now knew and felt and wanted his input on my life. And I knew that he would take care of me. And so I left And I didn't know where I was necessarily going. I went to Sacramento with my grandparents, and I sent out applications to schools, various places, not just trying to fill out where I needed to go. And I got accepted to Ricks at the time, which was called Ricks, and MBYU. And I felt to go to Ricks College, which was the last place (laughs) that I wanted to go. And it was the first place my mom suggested that I go. So, And I remember going, and I loved it. And I think it was because I was at a place where my testimony was open and I was ready to be nurtured and to grow in that space. And I think if it had gone sooner, it probably wasn't the right first step. I needed to go. I needed to go into a different direction to know that this was where I needed to be next. I graduated from there with my associates and went to BYU Provo to finish bachelor's there. But at that point, I wasn't just driving on my own. I had a partner in this. I had the Savior at my side and I knew that this is where I needed to be. And so whatever happened, I was okay with that because he was beside me. I love this story so much. I just love how you contrast the darkness with the light and that you felt that you had been away for a little while and felt that need or a craving for the light and you sought it out. And then I just think, you know, you were reminded of the Savior's love for you and that he is real. And I think that it sounds like you were willing to listen and respond. And I just think that's a good lesson and almost like a formula. Like when we know that he is real and that he loves us, that we can trust, that he does have our best interests at heart. But you have to kind of go to that place, though, don't you, where you have to decide, like, where where does this fit in my life and what does this mean to me? Yeah. Like you said, when you feel that love and that light, then everything falls into place. All the pieces align where they need to, and you see them where you need to see them mm-hmm. and enter your life or go out of your life in the right way. Because he has that perfect lens um, for you to look through. And I'm grateful that that was the journey he took me on and is still taking me on. I think each year we continually build that relationship. It's ongoing. And even in the moment, you talk about being led to BYU-Idaho and then to BYU. And you still had a dream of working in art. That didn't change. And when we talked prior to this interview, you just shared this really cool analogy, I thought, that so many people could relate with. I could really relate with it. And you just used the simple analogy of trying to catch butterflies. And I'd love for you to share this analogy again with our listeners and then how it relates to this dream that you had to work in art, to work for Disney, and also learning to trust in the Lord and in his will. There's so many turning points in the life, right? And I just love, thank you for the chance to talk about them. And I think maybe perhaps I can finish some of that previous story that'll help lead us to a kind of the butterfly analogy, maybe, Carly, mm-hmm. that you're yeah, describing. That's 
because my senior year at BYU, I volunteered to help do some lighting and color concepts for the animation team. And I volunteered because it just sounded like a neat project to work on. Mm -hmm. And then through that association, I was given an opportunity to show my portfolio to a studio that was coming through and hiring animators. And I was an illustrator and I wasn't planning to share my portfolio, but my animation friend said, just go try practice showing Yeah, just try it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just try it out. And I can't tell you how many times just try it out has happened in my life. (laughs) Led you places, yeah. Yeah, and how many places it can take us when we just give it a try. And it doesn't necessarily look like it fits where you want to go. And many times it feels like it's a detour, but giving it a try often takes us to places that he has in store for us. We're willing and open to them. And um, in this particular chance, I just offered an opportunity to help with an animation and was connected to the studio. And I didn't think anything of that portfolio showing because the art director wasn't necessarily looking very enthusiastic or interested. In fact, I don't know if there was one or two words said between us as he looked at my work. So I wasn't banking on anything there. But several weeks later, that same art director gave me a call and asked if I'd like to do an internship in 3D and start painting in 3D for his software company. Again, I said, I have never thought of painting in 3D, but I'll give it a try. About a year later of working there as an intern, I was hired full time. And then just after that, Disney came in and purchased that studio. And so thus began a career of an artist and then later on as a producer for a company that I desired to work in. And kind of back to that analogy we talked about, I went chasing And that's not a bad thing, but I had my blinders on. I was headed for this and just chasing that butterfly. But came to me when I went where he wanted me to go. And when I let go of what I thought I had to have. I think all of us can think about things that we think we have to have and how hard it is sometimes to let go of those and to put trust that the Lord will provide in the right time and in the right way, the things that you really, really do need. And so like chasing the butterfly, it's often evasive and hard to catch. And then when we hold still, It somehow comes and lands on us when we least expect it. And in this case, the butterfly landed and it wasn't an absolute need at that point, which is interesting, right? And it fit into a place in my life that was different than perhaps that happened sooner in my life. And it aligned with the priorities and where I was with the Lord. And it was a sweet nod from my Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It didn't have to happen, but did. The hymn, I Believe in Christ, it says, From Him I'll gain my fondest dream. I think of that. I think of the things that we can gain from our Savior, what kind of dream He has for you and for me, and how He can offer that if we turn to Him and let Him lead, that He'll bring us to things that we didn't even know we desired or wanted. And not to discount hard work or effort or preparation, because you obviously were prepared and working hard, but just that maybe sometimes it comes about in a way different than we think that it will. I think sometimes when we talk about Heavenly Father's will and Heavenly Father's timing that we think, oh, we're never going to get what we want. It's always what he wants. And it's like, no, sometimes it is exactly what we want. And I love thinking about that, that Heavenly Father wants us to grow and to be happy. And oftentimes those things that we really do desire are things that are possible and that he'll help us achieve. No, absolutely, Carly. You just remind me of something. I was thinking of Elder Anderson's talk, I think, but he talked about educating our desires And I think about it. Heavenly Father will give us what we really want in in some way. So be careful about what we desire (laughs) and educate that through the Spirit and to know what that is because He does desire to give us the things we want because He's a loving Father and He's perfect. And those characteristics are perfect. And He desires to see joy in our lives. He desires us to be happy. And so I think we can expect and should expect wonderful and good things in our lives, though the timing may be different and how it looks may be different but he has wonderful things in store for us. And I testify to that. 
Well, Kristen, you had this remarkable experience working for Disney and you were there for 13 years. But one day after all of this time and after working so hard at your dream, you walked into work one day and it just didn't feel right anymore. And you weren't quite sure where you were supposed to go or what you're supposed to do, but the spirit was just kind of nudging you to move on. So maybe tell us a little bit about that. And you've said you're someone who really craves stability and a plan. So what was that process like finding the faith and trust to really take a step into the dark? Another great question, Carly. And I feel like it's run to transitioning again from one step to the next in life. And maybe that's my story is, is, you know, is change. And I think for all of us, it's change if we're ready for that. And I think a lot of, there are a lot of previous experiences with leaving Disney. I think that were smaller that helped me prime maybe my heart and mind to listen, to hear a little better, which led up to this bigger change. But I remember crying and going through the process of figuring out and asking in my heart, is this what faith looks like? is to leave people that I love, maybe even saw more than family, the creative world I enjoyed, the stability, like you mentioned, providing for myself is an important thing and a career, all these things that were very good. But at the same time, as I continued going into work, after I had that initial feeling, I just felt he wasn't in it. I don't know how else to describe that, but he wasn't there. And it was only when I moved towards the idea of leaving that I felt him in it and the strength and the guidance and the peace. It's interesting, isn't it, how that works? And it was a scary thought to entertain leaving. But each time I would open my heart to that idea and let the thought sit with me and take root, it felt right. And there was time to process and confirm. And a little bit of extra courage came up. And I actually bumped into the scripture this week. It kind of highlights this principle for me, if I can just share it with you. It talks about letting ourselves be open to the Spirit, to the Word of God. And this is Alma 32, 28. Now, if you give place that a seed may be planted in your heart, Behold, if it be a true seed or a good seed, if you do not cast it out by your unbelief, that you will resist the Spirit of the Lord. Behold, it will begin to swell within your breasts. When you feel these swelling motions, you will begin to say within yourselves, must needs be that this is a good seed. Thinking on that now, that's when I open my heart to the idea. And there's a lot of maybe ideas or thoughts that come like you want to put to the back burner like I did initially. But when I opened it up and let it sit with me and didn't resist that thought, the Spirit, it began to take root in me and began to enlighten my heart and my spirit. And though it was scary, I could feel him in it. And I had to learn, as a friend once told me, to jump. <laughs> as an analogy that I heard once is that at some point we all have the opportunity to jump into something unknown. And as you said, I'm one that loves a good plan, loves some stability. And I think that's why so many times my growing experiences don't include those elements. <laughs> And I think every time I tried to make a plan before leaving, it just wouldn't come together. And no matter how hard I tried. And so I just had to leave before I could put a plan together. And it was hard to tell everybody, you know, I'm leaving. And they would say, oh, great. What studio are you going to? And I'm not going anywhere, actually. I'm just <laughs> taking some time to recenter and, and figure out who my life a bit. And so that was a hard thing to say. We worry a lot about what people think. It's something that affects our decisions. Yes, what will people think? This person, you know, you've always been in this role, you've been successful, but now it doesn't sound like you know what you're going to be doing here, right? What is your life looking like? Only the spirit knows that. And I could only point in that direction that I just know I needed to go. That's all I knew. And the rest would hopefully fill in. And I realized after I left too, that the plan was not to have a plan. And I needed to recenter and figure out who I was minus a career, minus, you know, a title, all these things that I had built my life upon. And I learned a little bit more about who I was and how much Heavenly Father 
saw value in me as Kristen, not as producer or A, B, and C, this or that career. It was just me. And that that was enough. That was a lot of work too, though. I mean, as much as it was good, it was there's a lot of withdrawals from the previous life. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking, gosh, this is what faith looks like, right? This is a new level. And at that point, though, I think I was open to whatever he wanted me to do because I had given up the thing that I felt like was everything to me. Maybe one thing I can mention too, Carly, is two months after I had left is that the studio actually shut down out of the blue. And it left me thinking and giving gratitude that he gave me a chance to choose the spirit. They gave me a chance to hear him prior to that. And it really makes me think about what is really stable in our lives. What is stability? What we think is stability may or may not really be stable unless it's founded in our Savior and in the Spirit and His voice. And I have this quote on my bed when I was contemplating leaving Disney, but it never really stood out to me until this experience put a whole new light on it. And this is uh, Spencer W. Kimball. And he said, security is not born of inexhaustible wealth, but of unquenchable faith. That struck me to the core because I was so worried about how am I going to provide? How am I going to do this and this? And he said, it's not about that at this point. It's about trusting me. And so that's one of many stories I could probably tell you. There's many other experiences that have come and gone since then that left kind of a a similar spiritual stretch mark on me (laughs) where, you know, we have to grow fast and you always remember what that was. And I always remember those experiences. And I've just learned that when we're ready to grow, he's right there. And he's ready with an experience unique for you. And he doesn't waste time when it comes to your growth. He's too attentive and too loving as a father to do that. And if there's something really hard on your plate, it's because you're ready and he trusts you. Thank you, Kristen. I feel that really wise counsel. And it comes from a place of experience and tested faith that you can say, yes, this was my experience. And I promise Heavenly Father will do this for you too. And Heavenly Father desires our happiness and our growth. And he's not just yanking us around. <laughs> you know, that that's not what he does. He doesn't just yank us around. To, Let's test this out and see how she responds. Although it can feel like that sometimes, doesn't Yes, it? and of course we live in this mortal world where difficult things happen, but we do know that his hand is in our lives. And I just really appreciate your testimony. And I know that that will bless so many people who were wondering, why am I being yanked around? <laughs> where is this going to take me, right? What is the Lord asking me to do? And you know, you think of our Come Follow Me study recently with Abraham and Isaac and how he offered up his only son. And the Lord even says, the only son with whom thou lovest. And the Lord knew exactly what he was asking. And he had something else in mind for Abraham. And he knows exactly what he's asking of us. And with a perfect and loving father, we have the opportunity to trust that everything will be okay. Even though you don't see everything, and that's the point of it. We can't, we're not supposed to see it all. It's an opportunity for us to trust our Heavenly Father. But yeah, you might feel like, why is he doing this or that? And he knows exactly why. If we can trust and listen, he'll help us know in time. But he is loving, and his characteristics are perfect. And with that, I'm grateful that somebody has a handle on all of this (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because there's so many things that can change and shift in our lives. We need to know who's constant and who is really in charge and is overseeing all of our well-being. Yeah, it really calls to mind that idea that he really is a rock. Because like you said, we kind of realize through circumstances in our lives that the things we thought were stable maybe aren't that stable or the things we thought would be lasting that we could lean on shift and change. So I just think it's an important thing to remember. And Kristen, I think our listeners are dying to know what happened next. (laughs) What did happen? 
where were you being led to? You're when... both, I'm sorry. I guess I'd never thought to share the rest of them. Like I see you just <laughs> no, know. it's okay. Um, I was planning to take a year off of work. I had plans to just kind of, okay, this is my life. I'm just going to recenter, take some time. And it had been a stressful job, right? Yes. Lots of overtime, you know, for years on end and not really a personal life in some ways because of that. Um, as much as it's a great career, it also demanded quite a bit of time. And so I was learning to kind of find my footing again, literally just how do I operate minus this role and job. And I only think it was like several weeks later, I had the impression to apply to grad school after listening to, I think, Sister Burton's talk about refugees. And I was like, what kind of careers and opportunities can help feed into that area and help individuals and MPA, the Master's in Public Administration at the Y, sounded like a great program, but it was only two or three days away. I think it was the deadline for that program. And I was like, well, that can be a future thing. That'll be great in the future. <laughs> but I woke up the next morning having that feeling in my gut saying, no, it's this is something you got to apply for. Now. <laughs> yeah, do this now. And I was like, ah, and I said, I'll make a deal with you, Lord, as if I can. And I said, I will do everything I possibly can to you know, make this happen, get the recommendations in, get interviews in, get my letter of intent, transcripts, et cetera. But if something stops or something doesn't come through, then it stops. But I've done my best. <laughs> I kind of laughed because I think he just said, no problem, because everything just flew through. All these kind people assisted and provided recommendations. And I was writing my letter of intent on a plane because I was flying somewhere else and sending that off. And I thought, well, I haven't thought about it long. So if I get in, great. If not, it's okay. And when I got in, it was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to grad school and this will be great. And I was young women president at the time as well. And then shortly after, I also received an opportunity to work at the church, which I didn't expect. So within weeks of leaving Disney, all these unexpected opportunities and changes came all at once. And so I found myself going to grad school, working for the church as the uh, animation team manager, and then, of course, doing young women's as well and figuring out how to balance all that was quite a journey. And I think my education mostly just, again, taught me to trust in him that he would take care of me if I took care of the things that he was sharing with me or telling me to do. For instance, Young Women's, we had an activity and I could either go help with the Halloween activity um, that night and help the girls set up a few more things, or I could go study for a midterm. And it was the next day and I go to the activity was the thought. And I go to the activity and then I thought, well, this will be interesting to see how this goes. But time and again, I don't know how it happened, Carly, but he just provided and I'd pass those with and do well even, which surprised me. And so it was an education, you could say, in trust again, at, even at the academic level. So I went on that journey just right after Disney, which I would never anticipated that and working for the church, not in my sights at the time. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like all of that happened, those feelings the nudges to get you to a place where you could actually be open to these opportunities that maybe you wouldn't have even looked for or looked at or given a thought to. So it's just so interesting. And this is something I love about getting to talk with people about their stories is we get to look back and see how all the pieces fit together, at least up until this point. It's so encouraging and inspiring. And I appreciate you sharing about your calling because that is another piece and so it's great to hear you talk about that. And in retrospect, to say, the Heavenly Father helped me find a way. And he helped you be successful, too. Yes. And he's so merciful. Well, I just always respond like, the Lord is merciful. If things are going well, I'm just like, this is all him. The thought comes to mind, we have a finite amount of time for a reason. And capacity. There's only so much we can do as humans. And it's obviously by design. He put a limitation so that we would have to choose. 
going to like write that on a sticky note and put it in my bathroom. The Lord gave us limitations by design. (laughs) I won't like shake my fist at that so much, you know. (laughs) I know you think about things like, wait a minute, this is by design. This is not an accident. We were brought to this earth with limitations, what? And brought into problems and, and imperfect families for a reason. He knows the mastery of all this orchestration, but it's neat to learn year after year and to peel off the layers on the eyes and realize how much of this is all planned for our good and how much of it is meant to help us and to grow and not burden us necessarily, though things can be heavy, but the gospel was meant to bless our lives. Thank you for sharing that, Kristen. I'd love for you to share now some of the highlights. You continue to work for the church. Tell us about some of the highlights as you worked as the animation team manager and how your experience at Disney, your background, really blessed your efforts at the church. Oh, that is a great question, too. And I often thought about the parallels of like what's happening between this role and that role. And it's so interesting because it's the only role, Carly, I would probably ever see myself in at the time was like, was that one that opened up that was offered of all the roles now that I'm here and I can see kind of the variety here. I just amazed at that. But we have an opportunity as an animation team to develop a lot of children's content. I think that's been one of my favorite things to uh, be a part of. And as you mentioned, and, and there's such a need for it in this world. There's so much media out there that's not great, and it's easily accessible. And so just the opportunity to advocate and to develop good content and relatable and something that they want to see that helps them feel the spirit and to know their Savior. I I think it's invaluable. This is our rising generation. It's so appreciated. I know, like, as a parent, I just love all of the things that are available from the Church for Kids are so awesome. And then have parents saying the same things, Carl, like, please, keep, please make more. Yeah, more, please. more. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's been really a treat to see that and to see also how it can bless families and individual little, little ones. The goal is one, the, a story of faith, friendship, and forgiveness, the Old Testament scripture stories. This is a group of really talented people that I'm talking about on this team, not just myself, but a really incredible group brought together to make some important media for this time. And it's just neat to be side by side with a lot of passionate people in that way and faith-filled people that know the, the value of blessing children and helping to bring them up in the faith. And so that's been a highlight and a lot of dear friends that from Disney that are helping us with projects and have helped in projects. So it's been neat to see them all connect and coalesce in ways that we're bringing in talent from the best places on this earth and they're assisting in this work because of some of those connection points back in the former job. And so those are just a few things that come to mind. So amazing. And I think of a friend of mine who listens to the podcast and told me, I just love hearing about what women do in the church and what their different roles are and what they do as employees. And I just know people will love to hear that there's an amazing, talented woman. And so neat, too, to think that now you bring that perspective and the expertise of that audience of children to your calling on the primary council. So cool. It's just really awesome and so valuable. So, Kristen, I want to go back to partnering with the Lord, a partnership with the Lord. And it seems that through these really wonderful opportunities, but also, as you've highlighted, very difficult decisions, that that's something you've learned to partner with the Lord and look to Him for the validation and for comfort and support. And that's just such an important lesson for all of us. And you told me that this was something that you have learned more readily, maybe as a single woman. But then again, it's critical for all of us. And we come to learn that at different times and in different ways, stages of life, but really regardless of our marital or family status. So I'd love for you to share with us again, how you've developed that and relied on that partnership with the Savior. 
such thoughtful questions, Carly. I can tell you're gifted in this way. Can I just say that? And I always go to the most recent experience, but I think of, in light of that, a recent experience where I received what felt like an overwhelming assignment, but it was important. And I asked the question in my mind, who am I to do this? And the spirit quickly and, but gently, <laughs> responded back in my heart and mind and said, don't ask, who am I? Ask, who is he? Who is the Savior? And I have been thinking on that. And who is the Savior who suffered and laid down his life for you and me so we could change and repent? As you know, repentance is a part of our process, too, if I can touch on that for a moment, Carly. Yeah, please. I think the process of repentance has allowed me to trust him more and to build a relationship with him. When you think of it, some of our most deepest and maybe most rewarding relationships are those where we've had to work on something together and go through something together. Yeah, yeah. And so when we work with the Savior together, whether to change things or to receive help, to ask for strength, to repent, to do all those things that we need to do, we build that relationship with Him in that same way. We work together. And so those are just a few of my thoughts. I'm still just thinking about that, and I haven't ever thought of repentance exactly in that way. I think of when we hear, oh, you need to develop a relationship with Christ. I think of these typical things that we're told at church. You need to read your scriptures and you need to pray regularly, which of course are good things. But when we do think about it as a real relationship, that yeah, that hard work of, oh, like we're at odds about something and we have to figure this out and work through it. And that strengthens and deepens our relationship. It makes sense. I've just been thinking about that too, is this process of repentance is not one to be feared, as President Nelson has talked about, but one, but something to be joyful and yeah, to celebrate. In it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that He provides mercy when we come sincerely and offer our sins on that altar. When somebody shows mercy and somebody's willing to work with you and love you, you definitely feel like trusting them more. You definitely feel like building a relationship more with that person and just as a savior. And again, that's just a way we can look at it as a way to build a relationship with Christ in a real way. I guess I just think about the many components of our life that demand our attention and our time and our energy. We've talked about our careers or our callings or family life demands. And I'm just wondering if there is anything else you'd say that has helped you to feel closer to Christ and to strengthen that partnership. Is there anything else you would say has helped you when maybe you felt a distance or felt the need to be closer The first thing that comes to mind is just taking time with him. It's hard to build a relationship when you don't take time. I think was it President Faust that said, uh, the spirit speaks when there's silence. And it's taking that time from all the noise and things around us to connect with him, to be quiet inside so you can hear what it sounds like when he speaks. That allows me to recenter, to reconnect, to study about him, to learn of his ways. To be in his creations is also something that really teaches me a lot, whether it's being in the outdoors hiking or working in the garden and getting really dirty. And I love being outside because everything around me testifies of him if I'm looking for it. And I heard recently from a friend, you, see, you go to nature, everyone says they feel a spirit in nature. And you think about it, those creations are obeying their master perfectly. And there's a spirit about that. And we're trying to do that. That's what we're striving to do. But we feel that. And I feel that in his creations. And I feel that in the quiet. And I feel it in sharing my heart with him in prayer. And that prayer can be always, that's something I've been learning, Carly. We can have an ongoing, constant conversation with our Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ, in our hearts. And not just on our knees in the morning and in the night, but always, just as the scripture says, what does that look like in your life? How do we have that conversation? But 
when we have him constantly with us where we're praying for others or praying for help or praying to know what to do, that is in our heart always. And I think when it's constant with us, that becomes more of a reality in our lives versus just a morning thing and an evening thing or at a set time, we have him always with us. And it just becomes, again, more of a reality. Thank you. I think that's so helpful and good reminders for me. I love knowing that we have women like you serving at the general level, bringing your testimony, your talents, these life experiences to serve women and to serve the children and families of the church in primary. You shared that regardless of the calling, whether you're a primary teacher or you're serving at a general level, it's really all about people and ministering like the Savior to those that are in your influence. I'd love to have you share just kind of lessons and experiences with this idea in your calling on the General Council. I think that's what feeds my soul is is working with people and connecting. When we have the opportunity to do instructions, we often will have a chance to also meet with the state primary presidents or with the area authorities and to have a little one-on-one time and to minister to the state primary presidents and That has been some of the sweetest experiences to know these faithful covenant-keeping women and men. And it's just so neat because it's the same spirit across this earth and it's the same spirit across all levels of his church and whatever calling it is. It always, as you'd mentioned, comes down to people no matter where we are. It's about the salvation of hearts and souls, what's happening in each other's lives and our families. And things can get so busy at times, worker calling and whatnot. But when you notice whenever we stop amidst the busy and just care about somebody and hear them, Everything in our lives seems to fall into place. It's so interesting. I can't tell you how many times as a ministering sister, how many blessings and miracles have happened because we've taken the time to care for each other. And I just think of our Savior and, you know, charity never faileth. Love doesn't fail. And that is the most beautiful part, I think, of our gospel is the chance we have to love each other and to be a part of each other's lives and to understand heartaches and to be with each other and joy and sorrow. And and every time we do, we stop and we pause and we take time for each other. It always works out. And I think Heavenly Father is trying to tell us something. No, I totally agree. I feel like in my calling and in my own personal experience, I just get so bogged down with administrative responsibilities and checking things off a list. And when I'm reaching out one-on-one or when I'm ministering, it's like Heavenly Father saying to me, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to worry about. Don't worry so much about the other stuff. And the most amazing thing about that is it's also so rewarding. That's what fills your soul. That's what makes you feel like, oh yeah, this is why I said yes to this ministering opportunity or this calling. This is why I said yes to this, you know, and you also feel the connection that it's also blessing other people's lives. So I love that you say that you're doing that at a general level. Obviously, you have other responsibilities too, but that that ultimately is what you feel Heavenly Father is urging all of us to do wherever we are. Like you said, I think he's pointing us to what is most important. And sometimes in the beginning of my day, I'll remind myself along those lines. And I'll sometimes share this with sisters too, is just that if we are kind today, we'll have been successful. No matter what happens, if we have the love of our Savior with us, we'll have been successful. Well, if we have loved one another, we'll have been successful. Um, And when we put that love first, everything else will turn out the way it should. I testify of that, that every time we put the love of our Savior and we love others first. Remember one particular state conference session I think I was speaking in, I went to grab something from my car right before I was speaking, and I got stopped by three or four different people along that way. And I kept thinking, I've just got to get to my car. I've just got to get to my car. (laughs) Right? I just need to grab that one thing before this starts. And... And then after the end of the day, I reflected on those little conversations that I had that I stopped 
and how important they were or what that maybe meant to somebody, me or another. And I realized, oh, it wasn't about getting to the car. It was actually about getting to that person. That's what was supposed to happen. Just as a savior in his ministry was stopped so many times along the way, not because it was deterred and it, like, oh, he got pulled off the path to help this person or to heal this person. No, that was the path. That was the purpose was to be stopped. Thank you so much for this perspective. And I feel like a lightning when I remind myself like, oh yeah, that's really all that actually matters today. <laughs> that's really the only thing that actually matters. And we can do that in our interactions at work, in our interactions with family. And I do think the spirit reminds us of that. Like, remember that the point of this is to be like Christ and to be kind. So I, I love that you brought that up. And Kristen, just as we wrap up this conversation, is there anything more that you would like to share with the women of the church or the listeners of this podcast? Yes. And maybe it's, it's simple, I think, but maybe just that I know that God loves you and that you are more important than all the work and all your to-dos and all the things that you have on your plate, that God is interested in you. He's interested in your heart. He's interested if you will choose him to be your God, that he loves you as his daughter. He's not so much interested in the productivity levels or the how good you are compared to another sister. He loves who you are, and he's not concerned that you're different than someone else because he made you. <laughs> a dear friend actually sent me a text the other day, and I'd like to just read a little bit of that that kind of goes into this. I was busy the other day with work and calling and other duties, and she sent a message that just said, God's work is important, but you are God's finest work. He cares much more about you than anything going on at work, and I would add to whatever you are doing. And so I just echo those sentiments that you, my dear sisters and friends, are God's finest work and that he loves you. Thank you so much, Kristen. And I love that that's often the place where we end our episodes is that, that that's the most important thing and something that we need to be reminded of constantly and to strengthen our faith and belief in that God loves us and that we are beloved daughters of heavenly parents. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. This has been so wonderful. Oh, this has been a blessing. Thank you, Carly, for letting me share and also sharing your perspective. We have the opportunity to connect and to be edified together. Yes. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Latter-day Saint Women podcast. And we hope that you'll continue to tune in and also share this episode with your friends and family members, Kristen's wise perspective and words. We've been so grateful to hear from so many listeners via email and on Apple podcast reviews. And we hope that you'll continue to share your thoughts and feedback. We love hearing from you. So feel free to contact us at podcast at churchofjesuschrist.org with any suggestions for topics or guests. We also want to make sure our listeners are aware that the podcast is available just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. So in addition to being on the church's website, it's also available on the Gospel Library app, Saints Channel mobile app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune in, subscribe, and continue to share these wonderful voices and stories of women of faith with your friends and family. And finally, we'd like to thank our wonderful editor, Kurt Dahl, and our producer, Matthew Mangum, and the many others who support this podcast. I'm Carly Guyman. Thanks for listening. Thank you.